0: An unmatched dual threat. Welcome to fifty two weeks of hustle, presented by Event Dynamic. Event Dynamic specializes in maximizing revenue and increasing attendance. I'm Travis Apple and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry and I wanted the opportunity to give back. To give back to not only those individuals that want to get into this business, But for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career path, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. What a lot of people quickly realize in this business, it's very tight knit and actually a small industry, even though people are spread all across the U.S. Our next guest is an individual I have never had the privilege of working with directly at a team, but I've known her for over a decade. I became very close to this individual when she was at Teambo. Our next guest is the Vice President of Sales and Service for the Carolina Hurricane, Sarah Daniel. Sarah's been a great friend of mine and someone that's consistently making her name known in this industry. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi,
1: Travis. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me.
0: No, thank you. You know, Sarah has certainly been a great friend of mine and someone that's consistently making her name known in this industry. And, you know, Sarah, we have a, a few mutual interests in our lives, and the best way to start out is, is to talk about OH. IO. Oh, there you go. So if you <laughs> watched on YouTube, you saw, uh, you saw the IO. So uh, I'm sure there's some people that are like, oh, here we go. Here we go. You know, We're both big Buckeye fans. And you know, Sarah, you grew up in Indianapolis, stud athlete, and, and like a lot of our listeners, had the dream of playing a sport collegiately. And you went on to become a Buckeye and played volleyball. So talk to us about your experience playing a collegiate sport and, and how it has helped you move into the real world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was fortunate to go to the Ohio State University, another jab for the for people there. Yeah, uh, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it, it was it was an incredible experience, just like I'm sure most people's college experiences, uh, hopefully at you know, at that level and those great memories. But for me, you know, being a college athlete and playing at that level and winning Big Ten championships and, you know, playing in final fours, uh you know it it really just continued to teach me of just the the hard work, the dedication, the competitive nature, uh, but also that the the level of pushed me out of my comfort zone, you know physically, mentally, emotionally, you know all aspects of that I truly believe made made me stronger then, and I know it made me stronger throughout my entire career of just what I was able to accomplish, what I, what I was able to do if I just applied myself and went for it because that, that's what you have to do in sports, and you can kind of always reach new levels once you once you commit to that with that mindset.
0: Yeah, and absolutely. You mentioned put uh, out of your comfort zone, and a lot of times in this sports industry and certainly in sales, you have to do the uncomfortable at times. And you, you mentioned your competitive nature, so I have to ask, are you still playing? I am
1: probably more, more rec- rec- recreationally at this point. You know, you reach, you reach the point where your mind wants to do – what you know it should be doing, but your body can't follow. And when you reach the point where you, your goal is just to make it through a match without getting hurt, you know it's probably time <laughs> to take a step back um, because you you want to do more and you know what you used to be able to do. So I do play. It's definitely more of a beer league, sand volleyball, fun social aspect. But um, but up until a couple of years ago, I was still out there in some competitive leagues.
0: Well, and it's still, you know, regardless of, of what type of league it is, it still brings out that competitive nature, which I'm sure you bring in the office on a consistent basis as well. And so you know, at the Ohio State University, you studied, studied business and marketing, uh, and then went to the University of Massachusetts Amherst to obtain your master's degree in sports studies. And, you know, I know previously on 52 weeks as well, we had, you know, Dr. Bill Sutton, which I know was a big part of that. So why did you decide, you know, a lot of people in this business go, all right, I'm going to get in this business, and then do I go back to get my master's? Does it make sense? You decided to go right after your undergrad. Why did you make that decision?
1: For me, I, I made the decision because knowing the direction I wanted to go in, working in sports and being a part of this industry at the time, um, this was you know a long time ago. There actually were not as many programs available. There, it certainly was not as common as an undergrad program uh, then uh, as it is now. So. I really knew that I wanted to specialize in that. I wanted to kind of go all in, and so that was the the right path for me. Doing research, talking to people in, in the in the industry, and a few people at the time who I'd make connections with, um, basically told me, go for it, because it's it's basically it's going to enable you to get into the industry. It's it's a, a lot of it's about connections, a lot of it's about opportunity, a lot of it's about the Um, the people that you're going to meet that are going to help you along the way. And UMass and Dr. Sutton um, certainly provided that for
0: me. Nice. Uh, Uh So you graduate there, and, you know, I assume with amazing grades, and and now on to your first job, which so happens to be somewhat of our second mutual interest, and that's working in Detroit with the Pistons. I grew up a huge Pistons fan growing up from northwest Ohio. You you start working with the Pistons Shock, the, the DT Music Theater in the Palace, so how did you end up in Detroit, and, and why was that ultimately a good fit for you?
1: Yeah, you know, for me, I was willing to go anywhere in the country. I think that that's an important thing for any of us in the sports industry and people who are starting in the sports industry of just being being open to opportunities wherever that might lead you. I never would have had you know dreamt of of moving to Detroit and, and having that opportunity there, but when I interviewed there. Uh, I just, you just had that feeling. It, it was the right fit. It, Chad Estes um, was who hired me there and we all know, you know, he's a legend in the in the industry as well. So just understanding with him, uh, the people that I was going to be working with and for the opportunity there, it was very appealing to me to be able to be a part of an organization that had numerous teams, outdoor music venues, um, a, the arenas, the shows, like now it's like overwhelming thinking about all the, <laughs> that we did when I was there. But just being a part of just like if you're gonna go into sales, like again, all in, this is a great opportunity. You have plenty of plenty of product to sell. There's plenty of you know variety there. Um the people that you're working with and and for were going to invest in me as a person and, and you just had that right fit. So um really it it, it was a no brainer for me um to to choose Detroit and to, to make that move there. And, and obviously I stayed there for a long
0: time, so it, it was a good fit mm-hmm.
1: along the way too.
0: And, and so, Sarah, while you're in Detroit, you did something that I'm sure you dreamed of as a kid, and I certainly think everyone in this business would love to be a part of, and that's a championship, and, and it's not just one championship. So you're there part of the the Pistons 04 title and then three shock championships as well, 03, 06, yes. and 08 uh so you walk us through like four rings like how is that experience going through those wow yeah
1: unbelievable And, and you're right it's something that we all dream of and after going through that the first thing that I thought of is I hope that every every person working in sports all of my counterparts around the the leagues I hope everybody gets a chance to experience that because it's it's like the ultimate we all work hard we all put so much time and effort in and then just being able to have that that ride and being able to be a part of just the the ultimate celebration was absolutely incredible and it just you know the the memories of of those seasons and the, the parades and everything is just you know being a part of that just will always always stick with me so i i do hope everybody gets the chance to experience that um because there's there's nothing better so you almost
0: have a handful of rings. Hopefully. I got to ask, do you ever wear them?
1: <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite Jordan. You know, I have, my, <laughs> I have four. Maybe, maybe if I get an NHL a Stanley Cup uh, championship, I, you know, I, that will complete my, like, one hand. So I, I'll bring them all out then.
0: Bring them out then. Nice. Well, <laughs> now, now, I guess, on to the real question. So you, you spend almost 12 years, you know, there with the Piston Shock and Palace. And you certainly had some rough years on the court. You know, we just talked about yes. four of the years that, that turned into championships, but there's certainly some rough years. So, how would you compare selling the year the teams were winning the championships and kind of the, mm-hmm. the post year, but then also versus some of the down years where you guys weren't even competing, weren't even making the playoffs?
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you when I when I started there, uh, again a long time ago, the the Pistons at that time they had made the the change; they were wearing teal. Um, they were were not a good a good team. We probably spent more time talking about ways to give away free tickets um and different programs to just get you know butts and seats and get people in the building so i've been through through that that aspect of it as well and you know for me, I would say one, there are always challenges there's always challenges regardless of where you are in that in that cycle and sports is, is cyclical, so we all have the ups, we have the downs. you hope that the downs aren't too, too far down and don't last too long, but you always have to be prepared for that. So, you know, I, for me, it's always, you know, the cliche of, of focus on what you can control and we can't control the wins and losses. So, you know, from your approach, it should, it should still be, be the same. Um, you should still do the right things, you know, with building your foundation, making all the contacts, you know, your outreach is going to be a whole heck of a lot more during those down times because your phones aren't ringing, but, that will turn if you do things the right way, then it will come back to you, and that's that's one thing that, you know moving forward to with the hurricanes that we have been putting into place. Of when I first started and uh, during the first five years, when the team was not doing well, it was like just we got to do do the right things. It's the trust the process, all those all those cliches, but it it will pay off. And again, it's for those of us that have been the ups ups and the downs. You're going to hit hit both cycles throughout your career and just stay the course um, and it, it will, it will pay off.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it's great advice because, you know, that's what we always talk about in this sports businesses, right? You can't ride the highs too high or the lows too low because it can quickly switch and that could go down to your day to day. You know, you may get yep. hung up on one call. The next call could be your glass seat buyer, your your full season sweet lease buyer. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so Sarah, what advice would you give our listeners? You know, you talk about, it. you went through, and in a short time frame, had some winning seasons, but even when you started, wasn't so winning, got into some winning and now really haven't been competing for that championship since then in your career. So what advice do you give that are in this industry and that maybe they've sold for a successful team and now they may go on a few more years or their entire career without selling for another one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you, you can, it's defining your own success. You know, it's, you can still make a difference. You can still be a part of, of the win. And again, it's, uh, we, we all want those championships, but focus on the people, the memories, you know, like the relationships you're going to be, be building, the, the competitive nature of that, of how many seeds can I sell? Can I hit my goals? Can I exceed my goals? Can I do all those things? Um, even, even in the, the down years, um, Again, like for me, some of like my best memories are the people and the relationships I built when I was selling in Detroit. You know, they became friends. They became family, and it wasn't about the the success of the team. It was just about those relationships. It was about their memories also coming coming out to gain. So, you know, for everybody, I think just focus on focus on the job, and the job is connecting with people and finding the reason to sell them or what's going to work for them and, and bringing them out to the games, you know, whatever that might be from business owner to families to, you know, whoever might be just to the, the diehard fan. That's what it's all about is, is the, the people. And again, hopefully the success of the team follows, but people are going to come out regardless. And again, you can't use that as excuses for, for wins and losses. So um, focus on, on that aspect. Um, and you're going to have a great, a great
0: career. Um, and you're going to love it regardless of, of the championships. And I'm so glad that That was going to be my next question. Is what has been your best memory of your time where there at the Pistons Shock? And you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, yes, it was an awesome experience to go through the parades Mm -hmm. and the championships. But what you remembered most were the people you were working for, the relationships you built, and how you guys were successful, whether they won or lost. Uh, And so that's awesome. So, you know, again, we're here on 52 weeks of hustle. The guest today, Sarah Daniel, Vice President of Sales and Service for the Carolina Hurricanes. So Sarah, you know, after the Pistons and Shock journey, you you do something that that's kind of rare in this business. You end up staying in the same city uh, and move. Uh, you know, now in Detroit, it wasn't necessarily across town at the time. But move to the NHL to the Detroit Red Wings for a few years. So, what made you make that move locally, and what did you see as the biggest difference from the NBA to the NHL?
1: Yeah, you're right. It's it's strange to kind of go work. For the competition in, in town, you know, we always selling selling against them. But now that you know, I was working working for them, so a number of reasons that um, that move happened and made sense. Uh, the Pistons was going was going through an ownership change. Our, our previous owner, Mr. Davidson, had passed away, so there's going to be some ownership change. There was a, there was some uncertainty there. So that combined with just an opportunity with the Red Wings and and Olympia entertainment, you know, which includes the Tigers and, you know, Fox theater and some of the concert aspects of that. So there was this opportunity there to kind of help bridge the gap between some of those entities and just uh, bring, bring a new element quite frankly to, to what they were doing. They were always already extremely successful, but they needed to prepare for for the downturn they needed to prepare for for other opportunities as well so it was a also another rare thing where there actually was a small group of us that made that transition together um, so my team president with the pistons tom wilson uh, moved down to the red wings became the the team president there and then he brought a core group of us um, you know a handful of us like six six or seven people with him so you know, it was interesting in so many different <laughs> different avenues of that, just the dynamic of a you know, group of us leaving the Pistons and all moving down there. Uh, it was comforting because you you had your group of people, like your tribe that you mm-hmm. you knew, yeah. you understood, you you know, the direction that they were headed, what their expectations were, what would need to be implemented. So, you know, it's it's kind of comforting in that regard, but obviously it was a whole new Arena literally and physi- figuratively that we were we were working um, within, so created a whole different set of challenges um, with that, but was a really again a really cool opportunity to make that transition and and the difference you know was it really eye opening to me uh, is Detroit being hockey town and always selling against against the red wings for so long and then kind of joining the red wings right. and it was really eye opening because just a passion for from the fans for the sport was next level. I mean, it really was was something I, I had not experienced. Like, of course, we had passionate fans. The NBA has a lot of passionate fans. But I don't know, the NHL, it was just a different different level um, that the, the fans had. And I really appreciate that. I did not know a thing about hockey. You know, growing up in, in, in Indiana, it was it definitely was all about basketball. So yeah. I had to learn a lot about the sport, and I quickly fell in love with it myself and i you know kind of once you once you experience it and especially everybody says you have to experience hockey live you got to be a part of that i would say that's true because once i experienced it and really started to understand the game and really appreciate the efforts that was put into it i i was hooked um as well so so anyways it was it was a great uh great experience for me to be a part of that, but also it's nice to be have this core group of people that we were all a part of that together.
0: And I think that, you mentioned a couple of things that I think are always very important and, and certainly advice is, is first, it was the people, right? You, you made that move, you had your support system, but you're surrounding yourself with people that you trust and respect in your career. And I think that's always the most important. And I think the second thing you hit on it is, you know, you've interviewed a lot of people in your day as, as have I, and a lot of the, the answers I hate all the time is, why do you want to work here? Well, I'm the biggest hockey fan, or I'm the biggest <laughs> NBA fan, or I'm the biggest Hurricanes fan, whatever it may be. Like, yeah. that I don't really care about. I appreciate the passion. What we want to see is passion for your craft and passion for the business. So I think you get the nail on the head. Like, you didn't know anything about hockey, and you weren't certainly passionate about the sport. You became passionate about it. But you're just passionate about the business side of things. Exactly. to get 15% off your subscription, visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use code Watch. So, Sarah, you finally had enough of Detroit after almost 14 <laughs> years. Uh, you decide to make the transition. You start working in the Big Apple in New York City. Um, and that's another interest that we have, a, a mutual interest. One, that's where I met you, but also... you. Know, Teambo. Uh, that that's far on 52 weeks of hustle. You know, we kind of had the, the founders of, of Teambo with Bernie Mullen and Dr. Sutton. Uh, we had Lou Dapoli and Brendan Donahue on. So you know, a lot of the, the Teambo end of things. You're working with the NBA, WNBA, and at the time the NBA Development League, now the G League. And so as you started about you know at Teambo, and you're traveling around like. What were some of those cool kind of ventures for you? Why was that the, the right move to get to Team and, and ultimately, why, you know, why did you enjoy it so much?
1: Yeah, well, as you know, I mean, it it's, it's really is an incredible opportunity. You know, you're, you're working with so many different teams. You're working with so many different you know, leadership groups, you, you different cultures, different approaches teams that are big market small market teams that are successful teams that are in the a you know, little bit more on the, on the downturn so for me it was fascinating because every week was so different I mean every, every day was different but even just every week going into a market and understanding and working with them on their unique challenges what what, what their priorities were and just trying to add value to that trying to you know sharing best practices, Giving them a sounding board, helping out in whatever was needed from training to strategy to hiring and interviewing, you know, what really whatever was needed, just, just being a part of that and getting to meet so many incredible people and leaders at the teams, but then also at the league level as well. You know, it's, it's a very dynamic group of people that we work with there at, at Teambo different backgrounds, um, very, very smart people that, you know, really we, the whole point of it was to challenge each other as, as well, just to make, make each of us better. And that way you have different perspectives going into the teams. And that's what I really cherished about that was just the, both the people at the league office, as well as just going into the teams of just seeing all the different ways that people think, people operate, people, you know, they apply their strategy. Because at the end of the day, what we're doing is all the same. We're all selling tickets or we're all, you know, selling suites or, you know, on the marketing side, you know, obviously, whatever that might be, sponsorships, et cetera. But there, there were so many different ways of going about it. And that's, that's what I found fascinating. And I took so much of that with me, um, even to this, to this day. But that's, that was the appeal. And then it just it far exceeded my expectations of just how much, how much I was going to learn as part of that process. I, you know, part of my job was also helping others learn and hopefully grow and um, train them and, you know, help help in whatever was needed. But I, I probably took more out of that process um, along the way myself.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and certainly a great organization and, and run by, you know, the MBA, which is always nice. And so, as you're going around there, you're traveling a lot, so you're picking up frequent flyer miles. And so, kind of a side question: you know, what was your airline of choice and your hotel choice and you know what made you? Were they doing anything special, customer service-wise, that maybe our listeners could apply to their everyday as they're in this business?
1: Yes, yes, I, I actually have a great story with that. So Delta was my airline choice, and Marriott was my hotel choice. So Delta, uh, you know, with any of those, once you once you commit to it, you know, it's it's the whole loyalty program, and it's it's you want those perks, you want them to to value you as 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 a customer to, you know, hopefully take care of you, reward you, incentivize you to come back, do more, all those little things. And Delta, you know, definitely hit it, on the, um, hit it on the head there because one time when I was flying, uh, flying through Atlanta, I got off of the, my plane, I had a connector, and there was a woman sitting there with a sign with, with my name on it. First, you're thinking, like, oh my, what's, what's wrong? What's but but Yeah, what, what, what happened here? And she said, we want to thank you for your, your loyalty over the, over the years and in your business, and we'd like to treat you. I, I have a, a Porsche parked right outside here at the terminal. I'd like to drive you over to your, your next gate. I mean, and it's not a long walk. Like I could have easily made the walk, but how cool was that? That you know, it was just like that that wow moment. It was just beyond you know, not expecting that, and you know, certainly I didn't feel like I deserved that. But it was a really cool experience. We walked down the jet bridge, you know, out by the plane, and get in this this white you know branded Delta Porsche, and they she drives me over and walks me into you know my my gate area and to the club and. Again, like those are those little things as we talk about like the wow moments and just the making you feel special and that customer service that, you know, I'm, I'm a Delta fan for life. You know, I, I don't have that status anymore, but, but I will always, um, choose, choose Delta just because of how they treat their customers and how they treated me when, when I was a customer. And, and those added upgrades, those other little things, of course,
0: like all along the way, um, were just incredible. I just you say you talked yeah. about going and beyond the Call of Duty and really focus on that surprise and delight, like what better way? And, you know, you think about that as it relates to our business. If you go down and and visit a customer in their seats and you're bringing them something, now everybody around you, just like on that plane, everybody saw like this name plate, they're walking her down. She's the first off the plane. Like, must, who is she? She, she must be, be a very important. <laughs> Which, <laughs> needless to say, they knew you were such a big deal. All right, no Without way. <laughs> here, a deal. So, you know, uh, you, you're in that consulting role, you know, at Teambow and, and you're really understanding, you know, what I learned from that experience too is like what teams I wanted to work for down the road and who I wanted to work with and ultimately what that opportunity would be. And as you're working your way up that corporate ladder at Teambow. You end up getting a call to, to go back to the team side, to the NHL, to take on the role you're in now, the vice president of sales and service with the Carolina Hurricanes. Like, why did you decide that was the right time to, to go back to the team side? And what made it – you know, you, ha- you had several other opportunities that came across your, your plate. Why Carolina?
1: Yeah, you know, for me, at the end of the day, I, I knew I was a team person at heart. Like, I, I liked school Being in the office, I liked the the emotional connection with the product, you know, the wins and losses and seeing things through from start to finish, you know, with the team. So it was nice to take a step back when I worked for Teambo and have those three years of, of, you know, kind of being a little bit on the outside and helping out, but you're, you're kind of in and out. You're not as, you're not, you're not all in on the the project there. So I, I knew that in the competitive side of me that I wanted to get back to, to a team. You know, something that being a part of Teambo definitely, Opened my eyes to was looking at how different all these teams were. You know, and it starts at the top, it starts at with, with truly with the, the leadership, ownership and, and leadership with that team. Um, the environment that they create um, with, with their, their people, how they, how they care about the, the people, what the culture is there, what the opportunity is, how forward thinking they are. So those were all things that I learned along the way and I knew that those were what would be important to me when I look for the right opportunity. And, yeah, I, I thought that I would go back to an NBA team because that was the world that I was living in. But at the end of the day, again, it was just about the right fit, the right opportunity. Re- for me, it was like regardless of, of sports, um, I was just looking for that next best fit. And Carolina had it. You know, when I when I met with Don Waddell, who's our team president and, and now general manager, you know, first connecting with him, you know he he's all about people he's all about me as a person um, cares about mm-hmm. me you know really you could just tell the quality of person that he was and how he would be as a leader that was important to me the opportunity to be a part of creating something and making a difference was important to me you know, that the team had was not doing doing well we had not been in the playoffs you know for the previous 5 6 years prior to me me getting there the entire ticket sales department was nine people um so, kind of looking at like the opportunity was come in and rebuild this entire ticket sales department, put us in a position where we we can move the needle, we can be successful, and then obviously when the team helps us out, then we know we'll be in, in good shape. Um, but just being being able to see an opportunity where I knew I could make a difference and and put into play all those great things that I had learned at Teambo and and the, all those best practices was was great. And then and then the third thing was just the quality of life. You know, i I reached a point in my career where I'm like, I could be I could be a little pickier of, of where I'm living and you know what's what's important to me outside of work as well. And you know, you keep, definitely can't beat it with uh, living in the Carolina.
0: No, absolutely. And so Sarah, you've been there, you know, over five years, it's been a, a, a fun jo- you know, fun journey, fun ride there. And you know, you've talked about throughout this entire podcast the importance of people. And you know, since yes. you've been there with the hurricanes, not only did you come on with, you know, Don Waddell, who ironically enough, there's another interest, you know, he was our our general manager and coach when I started in the business with the Atlanta Thrashers, but you you guys have brought in new leadership, new team members, and you have a big focus on training and development, and so you you keep bringing up people. Why is it so important in your eyes and surrounding yourself with the right people?
1: Yeah, well, because that's what we're all about. I mean, we're we're, we're in the people business, you know, with just... Bringing people out to to the arena and selling them tickets and connecting in the relationships and so it starts it starts within. So surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with good people. People that you know we spend a lot of time together. So it certainly is people that you you like. People that you want to spend time with. You you enjoy. You are you're kind of wired the same way. You have the same ideals, approach, expectations, etc. That's that's important. And it's important you know to to know that you have. You have people that um, are passionate about about the job that we're doing because you know it's again it's it hasn't been easy um, but people that are kind of again embracing embracing the upside embracing the challenge uh, want to be a part of this this journey you know and so we I have been very fortunate to to have some really good really good managers and then obviously then also hiring really good staff and. At the end of the day, you know, it's we we have fun. We have fun at at work. You know, we work hard, but then we want to celebrate our our successes. And when you want to work hard for each other, um, that's that's what it's all about. You know, it's you can work hard for yourself, and you can certainly be very successful. But if you're not if you're not part of the team, if you don't feel like you're, other you people are counting on you, and that um, they'll go to bat for you. You know, I want my my teammates to know that I will I will go to bat for them with whatever is needed internally. Opportunity-wise, externally, like I will, I will do whatever I can to help them advance in their career. Um, all those things matter, and that's who I want to surround myself with. That's who I've been fortunate to be a part of throughout my career, and that those are the things that were just important to me as I was building out a team.
0: Absolutely. Um, Kind of along the lines of people and the right people. And I know sitting in your shoes, recruiting is a big part of what you're doing. And you, know, you probably go back and think, you know, growing up in Indianapolis and getting recruited to, to play a collegiate sport, you know, the Buckeyes mm-hmm. come, to, you know, come knocking on your door to recruit you there. You know, I used to always joke that, you know, always have your Urban Meyer hat on. You're always recruiting. <laughs> and so, you know, why don't you just, you know, give our listeners a little bit of, you know, a, maybe a sales or recruiting pitch of like why people should come join. You know the Hurricanes family here, there in Raleigh. Yeah.
1: Well, I think you actually just nailed it right there with Hurricanes family. You know, we we look at it where you know we're not a we're not a large organization. We're we're a or we're a family. Um, we invest in each other. We invest in the people. And again, it starts at the top with with Don, our our team president. Don, there aren't a lot of team presidents that are consistently walking the ticket sales floor that sit down that know everybody in the the company that will go on sales calls with us that will help out and that's just one example of it of having having access to to the executives having our executives across the board who believe in what we're trying to accomplish who will do whatever is needed to help help us all be successful Um, so the people um, the culture you know we we work really hard myself and my managers of creating the right sales culture which is competitive which is is fun um, which is rewarding which again is is kind of the we're all in this together you know you have everybody has their contest everybody has those um, those types of, of programs in place and it's true like it does make a difference um, again you can have those programs in place but if, if people don't really buy into them it's not going to matter but I think again when you have the right people um, that's what it's all about and then the other thing is just the opportunity to make money, the opportunity to be successful, the opportunity to make a difference. Um, you know, we are a non-traditional hockey market, you know, hockey in the South. Uh, but we, we we're selling where we have, you know, we're creating our fan base. We're growing our fan base. Uh, so from a salesperson's point of view, you, know, you, can, you can come in here and do some damage and, and do well for yourself and, and make a difference in this community as well as with this team.
0: No, that's great. You know, your point surround yourself with good people. There's an opportunity and, and there's certainly an opportunity to make an impact. And so, Sarah, I don't want to continue to beat this dead horse, but I'm going to, and it, it comes down to people, you know, from the time I first met you and, and we started, you know, conversations to any mutual contact I ever come across. And when your name gets brought up is they always are saying the same thing. A very nice person cares about her people, the people around her, like, so what advice would you give to both leaders in this industry on how to treat their team members and, and also for those team members on identifying characteristics and, and prospective leaders, what they want to see? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, thank you. Um, you know, it, it, part of it's just for me, the advice is, I guess, is the, the simple, like, just the golden rule. You know, you want to treat treat others well. Treat others how you would like to be treated. Be, be respectful. Be genuine. That's that's I think is the, the the key um because people can see through that if you're not if you're not genuine if you're not real like people won't want to work for you people won't want to work hard um hard for you to to achieve goals if they don't think that is coming from a a good spot so so I would say um, being just being being kind being genuine, what I look for in in people um you know it's 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 the personality it's the Again, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say. I always say it's like a, a difference maker. You know, it's just somebody that you know will do do the little things that it takes to, to be successful. Because um, there's, there's a, a lot of little things that we all have to do. There's a lot of grunt work. There's a lot of just the day-to-day, behind-the-scenes things. And if, you're, if you're the type of person that does all those little things, the big things will happen. The big things mm-hmm. will, will come. But it, it, it takes the time. It takes the patience. It takes the de- dedication. You know I look for people candidate wise that are are active are involved, have shown leadership you know in, in their collegiate time um, maybe they've they've gotten involved in like a sorority fraternity if they're an athlete they've taken part time job just people that again that just embrace kind of some the chaos, but they they do they do more they they always are kind of just hungry for for doing more and and that's that's why I think it's just that leads just like the character that that person that person is, and those are the type of people that again that we want to surround ourselves with, we want to bring onto our team, are people that um, will do all of those things and then some, but also do it the right way.
0: No, absolutely appreciate the the advice and certainly the transparency. You know, if there's certainly any listeners that are looking you know for that next step or getting in this business, I think uh, you've laid down the blueprint to be successful there with the hurricanes. And so you know, Sarah, certainly have appreciated your time, and you know, so to close it out, I like to put the guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Oh, yes, All Bring right. it on. So, Sarah, what is your favorite item you have purchased this year, so in twenty twenty ooh, twenty twenty
1: <laughs> a mask to wear no um. <laughs> a lot of
0: it's probably going to be online shopping.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. That's a good question. Um, cause actually believe it or not, I'm not a big shopper. Um, for me, it's been more like we're doing stuff at, at our house. So I would probably have to say some, some stuff for our like our outdoor patio, like nothing, nothing too exciting, honestly. Um, but yeah, some, just some house stuff. Some good home, home depot
0: shopping. shopping. Do what? Some good home depot shopping. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> if, if you could eat one meal every day, if you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what are you choosing?
1: Same thing every day. I would choose tomatoes and mozzarella, like a little day. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I, like
0: it. I like it. That's awesome. Yes,
1: I, I love tomatoes. Actually, that's part of my. I have some like, a new a garden, garden. Back. I do. And growing growing tomatoes. We'll see if this Indiana girl still has her her farmer
0: part in uh, her her blood. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. And so, and then finally here on the last question on the hustle hot seat, if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be?
1: (laughs) I would say fashion trend. That's a good question. Probably I'm thinking back to the time when, in In college when I mean, some of the some of the probably awful things that we wore, but they were just so comfortable, which is like the big baggy sweatshirts and uh just probably looser clothes <laughs> across across the board yeah. jeans that I probably were like you know weren't were probably more high waisted which actually those are back in back in style but yeah I, was, about, I would probably wow. say some of the uh the baggy <laughs> comfort clothing
0: so there's a chance if I go to the hurricanes team store here next year, we may have some some hurricane baggy sweatshirts. The probably going.
1: not, because those probably wouldn't sell. <laughs> but I would have one.
0: <laughs> there, so at least one of them would sell, right? Well, good. Well, thank you. And and so you know, kind of going back to your Teambo days and writing your dailies, you you know, the key three, <laughs> the three key takeaways. So you've given a lot of advice here on 52 weeks of hustle. What are your final three key takeaways you give every listener to be in your shoes one day?
1: Yeah, I would say be open to opportunities. You never know where where it's going to take you. You know, don't be don't be set on needing to be in one location or working for one sport because your your path it you know it's it is a path. It's a journey. So just be be open to that because that's going to make you a better person and a stronger leader in the future. Two, I would say be genuine. You know, be be real, be genuine with uh, with everybody that you're working working with and for, and certainly with your customers because they're going to want to buy from you if you're if you're a good person, and it, they'll they'll know if you if you're genuine or not um, in your sales pitch and in your conversations. But then three, I I'd also say be aggressive. Be aggressive, and and with that, I would say be aggressive in your networking. Be aggressive in your learning. Just be aggressive in your your hunger. Just again to better yourself because you're you're not going to get anywhere unless you you really attack it. So um, do it the right way, but take advantage of the opportunities to to connect as as you have heard through through this um, this time with Travis and obviously all the other podcasts, like everybody's connected. You know, it, it's a small industry. Make the most of that because we're, we all are here and willing and able to help anybody get ahead and do well here. So take advantage of that and you can kind of control your own destiny.
0: I love it. <laughs> Genuine and aggressiveness. That's, that's amazing. Great advice. You know, Sarah – I really appreciate our friendship. Certainly thank you for your time here on 52 Weeks of Hustle and certainly appreciate your expertise.
1: Well, I appreciate you as well, Travis. Thank you for doing this and and inviting me to be a part of it.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks again. This is Travis Apple. Thanks for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Please be sure to follow the podcast and watch on YouTube. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so follow us at 52 Weeks of Hustle. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week did somebody say playoffs nba and nhl are playing for the goal and our partners at bet online have you covered get in on all the action including a new nba bracket contest with plenty of chances to win mlb season is pushing into the fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds futures and props so take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes check it out all day and all night Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online esports experts.